Today, Premier David Eby and Housing Minister of Ikela uh, promised to overhaul BC's housing rules. What's that mean? Well, that means BC will legalize all secondary suites, introduce a flipping tax, and hike density on single-family lots. Premier David Eby also promised a crackdown on rule-breaking short-term rentals, rental operators as well. Take a listen from his press conference this morning. We're going to open more homes faster. Single-family detached homes are out of reach for many middle-class people, and one or two bedroom condos often don't meet the needs of growing families. Family-friendly neighbourhoods need more small-scale, multi-unit homes. It's what some call missing middle homes. They're the duplexes, the triplexes, and the townhomes. Ones that have room young families need for their kids and for their pets. And the opportunities many seniors are looking for to downsize in their own neighbourhoods as well, and maybe even have their kids and grandkids living next door. Our plan will create a lot more of these middle-class homes through provincial zoning rules, faster permitting, less red tape, and more incentives. That was uh, Premier David Eby this morning. Now, debate over uh, missing middle housing, uh, even on this show and many other programs on NW, can be divisive at times, uh, where those who do not want to see changes to single-family home neighbourhoods, many proponents say it's a creative solution that will make owning a home uh, much more attainable, as the Premier articulated uh, uh, that. Other opponents have said, look, there's parking issues, higher density may destroy a character of a neighbourhood. So lots to talk about in regards to this uh, announcement. Joining the Premier today was Ravi Kalon, BC's housing minister. He joins us now. Minister, thank you for speaking to us today. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me. So is is this the big announcement you had promised in regards to changes, or are we going to be hearing uh, more announcements uh, moving forward in regards to uh, your housing plan? Well, this is a pretty comprehensive plan. You highlighted some of the pieces in it, uh, and there's much more. Uh, to the core, uh, the issue around small-scale multi-units, uh, or some people call it missing middle, um, you know, moving to single-dwelling lots to be able to have up to four units on larger lots is, is a significant shift uh, for us here in the province. But, Jazz, you heard this on your show multiple times, and I hear it in my community all the time. Seniors worried about how their grandkids are going to be, you know, be able to be raised closer to them, and young families saying, we can't stay in British Columbia anymore, you know, like the housing has just become too unaffordable. And so this shift will allow for more affordable type of units, more attainable units being built in communities throughout the province. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just go through some of the uh, sort of specific issues. Uh, we've t- heard about a flipping tax. Any details in regards to that flipping tax and when uh, you'll be introducing it? Well, the, the flipping tax will be coming later this year, and uh, it, it's going to be focused on those that buy property uh, and only to hold on to it, to flip it, to make a profit. And we know some, for example, builders, they'll buy a house and they'll fix it, uh, you know, add some units and then sell it. That's not who we're targeting. That's not who we're targeting. We're targeting those that, that should buy the property to hold in order to make money. And, and you know, before, it used to be individuals coming to us and saying, you guys got to take action here. Now, we've got people in the development community coming to us and saying, this is getting out of hand. I can't even get in and build because somebody else bought it just to make it a, a quick profit to flip later. So it's become a, an issue uh, across the stream for individuals as well as for builders who are in the game to actually build housing. So I just want to clarify this. This is somebody quickly buying a single-family home, uh, making some cosmetic changes and flipping it, or is this a question of somebody buying uh, a condominium that hasn't been built yet, um, but they, they, they say they'll purchase it and then they just flip that piece of paper, Is it, or is it both? Well, it's potentially both. I mean, our concern isn't people who uh, buy something and do uh, upgrades to the housing, 
uh, it's, that's not our main focus here. You know, we want people to buy property and fix it up and add units uh, and, and put it on the market. The big concern is people that are buying it, knowing that there's going to be uh, a Costco coming nearby or whatever, just holding property for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. We want these housing units to be for people that actually want to live and raise their families in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other issue has been greater density in single-family neighborhoods. I recall once I we ran a segment on this show uh, whether or not there should be any single-family uh, home designation anymore. Uh, and there's a lot of pushback and, and there's lots of families raising their kids or have raised kids in a single family neighborhood. But there has been, of course, broader talk about is there a need for a single family neighborhood zoning anymore? In Vancouver, at least on paper, you can, there's been talk about building up to six units per lot. I do believe in your announcement today, it's going to be up to four units uh, a lot. Is that is that just, I want a, a correction on that. Is that true? Uh, that's correct, uh, Josh, but there's there's two things that are important. One, the single-family home is not dead, uh, and I got asked this earlier today. As long as people want them and they can afford them, the market will continue to make them for people. Uh, the challenge is, is if you say a house comes down and it must be that, mm-hmm. what happens is those people that are looking to buy simply can't afford the land value and the added construction cost. So what we're saying is now you can build up to four, those houses may still come back as single dwelling mm-hmm. or they may come back as four units so that more families can be able to afford it. But if I, as a developer, went in and let's say there's 12 single family homes and six of them happen to be on sale, I purchased them and then want to build, you know, four units per lot. Uh, there is a cultural uh, and aesthetic shift to that neighborhood. Is there not? Well, it, normally if you see somebody buying 12 lots, yes, they're up zoning for significantly more housing than just a couple of units on each parcel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is normally the case where you'll see, for example, we have a woman in our community, Kathleen. Uh, she ended up taking her home that she lived in for 35, 40 years and turning it into four units. Now she lives on the ground floor. She has her kids living in each of the individual units, raising their kids. And so she got to use her own land mm-hmm. to be able to house her entire family in one location. So we're going to see probably more of that where people are saying, you know what, why not? Or, uh, you know, in some cases, seniors saying, you know what, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build a rental unit because I'm property rich, but uh, financially I don't have the dollars. Now I've got some streams of income that come from the other units. So there's going to be creative solutions we've seen come up. We're not the only jurisdiction that's done it. We are the first one in Canada to go this way, but California, uh, Oregon, Washington State, uh, you know, New Zealand, many other jurisdictions are going in this way. It just gives more options on the land, and the market will decide what is the most feasible thing uh, on that lot. A couple more questions. Uh, the secondary suite conversation today, uh, there are many communities that have legalized suites. People have the opportunity to legalize suites. They do pay extra. But there are many municipalities uh, that still prefer not to, ha- uh, to have secondary suites, number one. Secondly, there are communities where uh, even though suites are legalized, they're not necessarily um, being utilized. Some neighborhoods prefer not. Um, do you worry at all, A, in regards to some of the more practical problems that some, sometimes this, this can lead to, A, parking issues in neighborhoods and a culture that, once again, doesn't want rentals in, in traditionally single-family neighborhoods? Well, I would say the parking side of things, you know, of course, we're always going to find ways to navigate that. And we can navigate that and solve the solutions for that. But the, the, the fundamental issue we have is we're in a housing crisis. We have averaging 100,000 people coming to British Columbia over the last three years each year. 
uh, and uh, and we don't have enough housing stock. And if you've got communities where they've got rental units there, but the community won't let people live in them, we have a fundamental problem. We've taken action on stratas, and now we're going to be able to make sure that those additional units that are sitting there empty because of a rule now can be housed with people. And, and that's what we have to do in this type of housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, when can we expect uh, new tools to come for municipalities in regards to dealing with short-term rentals, which uh, I think most people would assume are Airbnbs, and, and how much of a challenge or problem have they been? Well, uh, this fall is when we're targeting to bring that legislation in. We've heard a mix of reviews. And then just to be uh, forthright, I actually have stayed in Airbnbs. But when you look at policy in housing and you see more and more housing units being bought up and then sitting sometimes empty half the year uh, because they're only used for uh, the short-term rentals, uh, that's a real problem. And then you have people who don't have housing. And so we've heard from local governments that it's hard to enforce bylaws. We've heard from some tourism-related communities who are like, whoa, we've actually gone overboard and now we, can't, we don't have housing for the workers to be able to support the tourism activity in the community. And so we're looking at uh, solutions to get more housing back into the housing market, but at the same time supporting communities to enforce bylaws. I had a meeting with the minister from Quebec. Uh, they've got some legislation in place, but they are having some challenges. So we're learning from other jurisdictions, but that is expected to come this fall. Will that be an outright ban on Airbnbs? It won't be an outright ban uh, because we understand that uh, they, they play a role in communities, certainly tourism-related communities, but certainly looking at how we can scale that to uh, ensure that we have housing available for the public, but also understand that we need some flexibility in communities that uh, that depend on, on tourism more so than anything else. Final question to you. Are you ready for the onslaught? There's those who are going to say this is the right thing, this is the right way to go in regards to housing because of the housing crisis, as you say. And are those who are going to say, you know what, you're destroying traditional neighbourhoods. Are you ready for that conversation? Well, we are. We've launched the strategy and, uh, and, uh, and we believe this is the path we have to take as a, as a province to ensure that young people can continue to stay in British Columbia. I mean, fundamentally, as I said already, if a house gets torn down, uh, there's uh, an option right now. And that option is you must build a single dwelling home. And that sometimes, and actually often, is way too pricey for anyone to buy. And so now there's options. They can uh, still build a single dwelling home. That might be the case in some communities. But now they have the option to build more units and which will be more attainable for certainly young families to get into their first home. Minister, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me and stay safe.